When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Cricket Podcast. I think it was a disgraceful performance, and I think it should never be permitted to happen again. That is very good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cricket Podcast, where on this show, we'll be talking about what we learned from the five-match T20 series between India and England. We'll also be picking our combined 11 from those two sides and bringing you a short preview of the highly anticipated three-match ODI series between the two teams. I'm Jack Hope, and after a few podcasts off, I'm happy to say that Max Rowe Brown is back. Max, how is the new house? Hello, Jack. Yeah, it's it's going very well, thank you. the The new house is looking um, looking uh, well, like uh, it needs some more decorating done to it. But <laughs> it will uh, it will be ready, and soon all our lovely viewers who are on YouTube will be able to see uh, a different background for for me. So that's good. That that is good. Forward to that. Um, and uh, we are of course joined by the ever present Ross Leg. How are you doing, Ross? Um, I'm okay, mate. I'm okay. I'm uh, can't say. I'm excited at all about the ODIs, um, and I'm. Do you know what? It's going to be forced. It's going to be forced. I've loved the T20. I've loved the Test series, um, so I've got to pump myself up again for another England loss. <laughs> of course. Um, before we get on with the rest of the show, boys, we've got time for you know one of our irreverent questions. Um, this week, with a view to the start of the cricket season, which for us is less than a month away now. Seventeenth um, of April is our first game, which is stupidly early, uh, and, and, nice it, and chilly. it will be freezing cold. But we've got we've got less than a month to prepare for that. We are, however, all locked down in our houses, so we've got no opportunity to go to nets. We can't train. Um, my question, fellas, and we'll start with you, Ross. How is one supposed to stay in shape, uh, you know, and work on your cricketing skills in this current environment? So I think um, when it comes to training, it's always a good thing that you do it with somebody else. So if you've got a housemate, and maybe they're not, maybe not they're too, they're not as into cricket as we might be, but there's going to need to be some kind of give and take in that kind of scenario. So uh, if you've uh, got a girlfriend or you've got a housemate that you're going to go on a walk with, why don't you take a tennis ball with you or a cricket ball with you and do some catching down the park? Something that's nice and simple. But we'll just get your eye back in. Uh, and there's also a bit where you are when you do go walking and you come across an Astro cricket pitch. Go and do a, go and do an Owen Morgan. Visualize that 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 would be my best thing. Like if uh, if you can't do it physically, you've got to do it mentally. And uh, cricket is more mental than physical anyway. So uh, let's uh, let's bring visualization into um, the amateur game. I think that's good as well because the the one on one nature of the walk and and catch does comply with with the regulations so um a good answer a good answer from you ross max what would you do 
Uh, well, with thanks to Ross for um, running over slightly into what I was going to say, which was that cricket is as much a mental game as a physical game, so I would suggest visualisation and uh, just imagining yourself hitting the winning runs. I'll also add, um, if you have uh, an outside space and maybe some spare pocket money, I would buy a crazy catch and just spend half an hour throwing a tennis ball at it, because they are great fun. Get your hand-eye coordination going again. It, it, it certainly certainly helps. That's a, a pretty good answer, assuming you've got that outside space. Um, what I would do, what I would suggest, so one of the things when it comes to practice, um, what, you're, what, you, what helps is if you can replicate a game situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that in mind, what I would do to replicate the pressure that you're under when you're batting in cricket is get a collection of your most valuable items. So I'm thinking family heirlooms, your TV, uh, laptop, um, that kind of thing. Put it in a circle around wherever you are and then drop and hit a ball through the gaps. And that will that will train you not only to find the gaps, but also to do that in a situation where getting it wrong is is extremely costly. I assume we're talking a, a proper hard ball here. Oh, yeah, 100%. For yeah. maximum damage. Yeah, and, and, and like ideally you want to hit that ball as hard as possible as well. It's yeah. not just about guiding, like really... Yeah, put some welly into it. <laughs> groove, <laughs> groove those skills. Um, I also recommend buying some insurance first. No, because then that's you, classic you. That yeah. is Max. That is yeah, you're preparing. You. You're preparing to fail with insurance, mm. and, yeah. and 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 to really get that game situation, you have to be fearless. A- to be fearless. Again, again, the cricket podcast leading on the mental side of the game. <laughs> Um, I think it's a really good point, Jack, and I, I like the uh, I like the jeopardy of that training. That would uh, work well. Ross, uh, uh, there, is one, uh, there is one more thing. You know when people do shadow batting? Yes. So Steve Smith, yeah. notorious for shadow batting, especially annoying everybody in his hotel rooms. Do When you shadow bat, do you practice snicking off, or do you actually practice hitting hitting like a straight drive or a defensive well, shot? Well, if I practiced snicking off, I would never do it, so... You know that that would that would be everything I practice. It never happens, do it, does it? It's just because I just just end up. Snicking How off. So if, you, if you end up snicking off, then it won't happen, and maybe you'll cream it through the covers. How do you bring the shadow batting session to a close if you're not out? That's the only thing I'd ask there, because you have to. You, you, what you're always not out? That'd be ridiculous. You need to. You can always practice you leading need, a straight one. You need to punctuate the shadow batting. <laughs> With every wickets. every good bit of shadow batting involves practicing a leave, so just pretend that that leave was straight. <laughs> right, great, uh, Ross. Any messages for our listeners before we move on with the rest of the show? Yep. If you're watching us on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Uh, we've had a great growth in the last month, and uh, we're great for all for all of the comments that we receive, um, both pro Coley, both pro Rohit, both calling us idiots, whatever. Um, but we bring it on. We we love all of it. Um, and then if you're listening to us on uh, a podcast platform, please follow and subscribe on there, uh, whichever one you using and find us on social media sites twitter and instagram at the cricket pod it's nice to know isn't it ross that whatever views people have there's something that can unite them yeah i think you're, uh, <laughs> i think i think you're completely right on that max and um you know, well we're just giving a service to people right that's what we're doing um <laughs> we will take a short break and then we will come back with our series wrap up and our combined best 11 Jonathan, six for nine at cockermouth that's ben stokes's old club isn't it So, boys, you know, India eventually took down the five-match series 3-2. I think, you know, England, they're going to be a bit disappointed, aren't they? That they were 2-1 up and they let that lead slip. Uh, They probably had a chance to win that fourth T20 when Stokes and Bairso were going so well. But, overall, I think in the the five-match series, India probably just edged it, probably just deserved to win that. Um, Max, well, let's start with you. Let's start with you as you're, you're back after after your rest. What what did you learn? It wasn't very restful. <laughs> sure, yeah. well, what did you learn from this series? 
Um, for me, I think the key thing is that England needs to have a look at their depth in their bowling. I mean, I haven't seen I've, I haven't seen a lot of it because I've been been busy with the with the house stuff, but I've been trying to catch up on on what I can. And what seems to me to be uh, a key issue for the England team is that Ben Stokes has bowled a lot of overs, and I don't think that's a recipe for success in uh, in T Twenty because it's it's a bit of a lottery, isn't it? I mean, he might come on and give you that really tight over and get a key wicket that you need but all too uh all too often it ends up with him being flayed to all parts and you've lost uh, a key bit of momentum in a game so i think because england have got archer and they've got rashid and mark wood as well bowled really well so in terms of the front line bowlers the quality is exceptional but then when it comes to that backup you know where we saw wood was out injured and i think bringing tom curran was the wrong wrong call from a selection point of view and um I'm sure you've been uh, been round and round about why on earth Moeen Ali was left on the bench, but I think it's just that that sort of depth in the bowling that we uh, that we lack. Ross, from an India perspective, then, like we said, we've talked a lot on this podcast, haven't we, about how pre-series and in the first match, India's sort of signals and the way India seemed to be going about things was a little bit 2016. Um, I mean that 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 lineup: uh, KL Rahul, Darwan, Kohli, Shreyas Iyer as a top four in the first match. You know, wasn't great, but they they did transform how they were playing, and and the personnel shifted quite a lot. I mean, the the top four in the final match um, being Rohit, Kohli, Surya Kumar Yadav, and Hardik Pandya. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey and whether or not it's better for India now than it was at the beginning? Yes, yeah, so I think. Um... If we go all the way back to where we stuffed India in the first game, I think it was important to know that India, after that, had to show a willingness to adapt. Before that game, Kohli came out and said, we're going to go with a positive attitude. And yet their selection completely let them down. You can't pick um, kind of a bunch of Toyota Corollas to drive like a Ferrari, as uh, Dennis Kartik would uh, ruminate. Um, but there is a bit where they had to show a willingness to adapt. They had to show a willingness to make those tough choices. And also willingness to listen to the cricket podcast, which I think is, is is a recipe for success of any side that we kind of look and do a bit of a deep dive on. Um, they realise that their strategy over the last couple of years, which has been a successful strategy, just wasn't going to work. The game has moved on. And giving opportunities to exciting young players who have come through and lit up the IPL... Um, is actually a really good kind of breeding ground for talent, surprisingly, um, and has proven a really good decision and shown the f- way for a fundamental shift in that approach, especially in the batting department. So I still think there is an opportunity to improve. Um, you kind of mentioned Shresh Iyer playing there. Um, he did show in the fourth, OD- uh, fourth T20 that he has that ability to kind of strike out with some classical cricket shots, which is great to see. But they're still playing two anchors, and that's kind of a conservative way to play T20 cricket. Um, you mentioned Jack around their success in kind of 2016 and that kind of that approach that they had. Um, regardless of the pressure from your fan base, you can't continue. India can't continue to select based upon their batting and bowling records from 2016 to 2018. It's just a, it's just a different game. The people are playing it in a, such a different way that actually K.L. Rahul being the greatest batsman of all time in that position, regardless of what he was opening up, just isn't true anymore. So that is why those tough decisions had to be made where he was out of form. Um, Ross, are you surprised that India actually did drop K.L. Rahul for that last game? Because I think it's something that we suggested that they, they probably should do. And a lot of people weren't happy about that suggestion, the, but it you know it fits with that that what you're talking about about that development of playing the more exciting players. I, the I India think, selectors said he was their best. Said that KL Rahul was their best T20 batter before they dropped him for that match. Yeah, it, that's like the the dreaded chairman's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is a bit where I just think that this is it. Look for Owen Morgan. He's got the rule over who is selected in that side. I don't actually think that Kohli has the same sway. I still think the BCCI have and the, and the selector panel have a strong um, kind of control over that. And I think I wasn't surprised to see Kale Rahul dropped. I think he looked so out of sorts. And if Ishan if Kishan came in and Sky had came in and hit no runs, I, I genuinely think he would, he would still he would have still been in there, right? But the fact they came in and made such an impact and showed just exactly that kind of fearless cricket, there was no way they could be like. 
oh, actually, this guy who doesn't hit many boundaries and is completely out of form is the right option for us to beat England. And um, there's some things in sport where um, a good competitor or like a rival forces you to upgrade your game and they, they force each other to get better and better. And I think that England and India are actually in that position in white ball cricket right now. India are way ahead in the test arena. But I think in white ball cricket, there's kind of there is something there between those two teams. Um, as I do think their approaches, especially in, and the talent they have available, is just a little bit more than some of the other nations. Um, India's bowling strategy throughout this, and Jack, I think we've kind of talked about it a couple of times. You've actually been quite impressed with how they've gone about what they've done. Um, what have you seen, Jack, in terms of the bowling bits that actually have impressed you? I think it's the individuals that have been impressive rather than necessarily the whole strategy. So India, in some of the matches, uh, I think three of the five, went in with a with a five-bowler lineup, which gives you... It's quite risky. Yeah, there's no, there's no fail-safe there. There's no... You, you can't really mix it up too much. And none of the Indian batters really bowled. I mean, Kohli used to a little bit. Rohit Sharma did actually turn his arm over in tests. But I don't think either of them are going to be delivering too many um, overs in, in for the rest of their careers. Um, and that meant that Hardik Panjur and Shardul Thakur had to really step up in the the matches where they were, were the fourth and fifth bowler. Um, and I think they were the difference probably um, between the two sides. The the fact that uh, Hardik was able to to exploit the pitch really well in, what was it, the third T20 where he, he bowled a lot of cutters. Uh, and the fact that Shardul Taku, in some high leverage moments, some moments which really would have changed or really changed the game either way, was able to deliver and execute the plan that, that he had. Um, so I'm thinking here specifically the fourth T20 um, where Stokes and Bairstow were going really well. And he bowled that over. He picked up. I think. I think he got Morgan and Stokes, and Stokes back to yeah. back. Yeah, uh, and he basically did that by executing this sort of wide of off stump, right on the wide line plan, and um, got both of them to hole out. Um, so I think that's that's in my mind. They they were the 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 difference makers. Really, it was that fourth and fifth bowler for India that consistently outperformed the the fourth and fifth bowler or the fourth and fifth bowler combination. For England. Um, yeah. You can kind of directly equate those, can't you? You've got Hardik Pandya and Stokes, I suppose, would you would say would be the, yeah, the same role. Something like that. It's Stokes and, it's Stokes and Curran or, mixed together. Is, yeah. and, and possibly Jordan and Takur would be the, yeah. the other one. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I think that that's probably where the difference was. I mean, I, you have to remember as well, and Ross, you're, the arms race thing, we were talking about this on a on a podcast we did earlier with uh, Crick Vidya. Um India are probably, after this series, just slightly edging ahead of England. They've got Bumrah and Jadeja to come back as well. That gap is going to creep up slightly. So it will be really interesting in the reverse fixtures back in England over the summer. What England do to maybe reshuffle their deck uh, and maybe look to develop some alternative strategies for the type of bowling that, that, that they struggled with, which, which was that kind of into the pitch uh, mainly slow ball, slow, slow, slow deliveries from quick bowlers. Um, we've got plenty of time in the future, probably, to talk about that. Uh, I think, and, and, I, and I, I, I think we'll get round to it. So, should we run through the best eleven, uh, yeah. or our combined best eleven? Yeah, just before going on, I think, we, as you said, Jack, we're talking about them edging ahead. India have the players. Um, and they are edging towards the right strategy and right approach to be a, an extremely scary proposition for anyone coming up against them. And I think that the IPL should play a huge factor in who ends up being part of that squad. Um, the fact that only two or three people have debuted for India in the T20 side in the last kind of couple of years speaks volumes around that that apprehension to make change. Um, but Sky and Kishan have shown the way there. Um, so it's a really exciting time to be an India fan in the, the T20 world. Um, I think it's really promising that they've actually done, finally finally picked those two. <laughs> and uh, it's been a little a, lo- a long time coming, but it's it's good to see. So uh, yeah, like, like you say, post-IPL is going to be exciting times. Mm-hmm. Right, so best 11. Um, Max, we'll start with you, even though you didn't watch yeah. that much. Uh, who, mm-hmm. who who will open the batting, batting in in the Max Roe Brown combined eleven? Uh, so I've got well, I've got Rohit nailed down, and then the uh, the other opening uh, up 
batsman. I've gone. I'm trying. To, I'm still trying to decide between Roy and Butler. I think I'm leaning towards Butler. Max, um, not Max Ross. You're the other one. <laughs> yeah, I've got. I've got um, Rohit leading as captain, batting number one, and um, <laughs> Butler batting at number two. Yeah, yeah. So I also have Rohit as captain. Yeah. <laughs> that's um. He look on the the, the the times he was captaining the India side. They uh they they were effective. He he pulled back that fourth. Um, yeah. T20. If they bring in, if they do bring in time limits, it might become a bit of an issue. But... <laughs> right. Um. Rohit and Butler, that's a combined three there. Roy might have been a little bit unlucky to miss out, but... um... Yeah, I mean, before this series, I'd have had Butler 100%. After this series, Roy's looked like he's back to some sort of near where where we've seen him before, so he's certainly uh, in the running. Scoring the most beautiful set of ugly runs, that was Jason Roy. (laughs) Oh, that that 40-odd, was it the second game? That was was ugly as anything, wasn't it? That was hideous. Hit hit all the branches on the ugly tree on the way down. (laughs) So reverse order then... Um, at number three, I'll go first. I've got Virat Kohli, who was the series top run scorer. Scored the runs at a reasonable rate. Um, we complain about Kohli, um, and we're justified in complaining about Kohli because he isn't a batter who fails safe. Um, he, he can eat up balls, and that can put his team in difficulty. Did Frasi be at the IPL? But in this series, he has been excellent. Um, there's no no real way of... of, of Getting around that when he when what he does comes off, um, which it, is more often it, than not, to be fair to him. It, well, it isn't, but <laughs> statistically, it just isn't. Um, <laughs> but uh, when it does, he he is one of the best strikers at the death, and we saw that three times in this series. Uh, and he's got he's got over two hundred runs in five matches, which is good going. Ross, um, are you going to argue with Coley at number three? Uh, so I'm actually a big fan of having a floating batting lineup. So I think if you get off to a flyer, actually someone like Sky or Ishan Kishan, you should be like, there should be something there. If you get, if you lose a wicket early on, Kohli is your guy to go in. But actually, Kohli might not well bat in my T20. He's still at the side, but there should be hitter after hitter, I think, if you get off to a rocket with um, Rohit and Butler. Um, but Kohli's in at three at the moment for me. Max? Yep, unanimous, Coley. And I also am a fan of a floating lineup. I wouldn't actually have anyone below the openers in a fixed position. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there we are. Well, apart from once you get to the bowlers, obviously. I'm not going to put, I'm gonna put uh, <laughs> Archer in at three. That's Cricket hipsters, um, <laughs> yeah. the pair of you. Um, no, we're modernists, mate, modernists. By the way, in the comments, let us know your combined 11. I'm, I'm, I'm sure um, you'll disagree with some of these, and we are interested. Number four, Ross, you get to go first on this one. Um, so I think actually Sky did enough for me in, in, in out of performances based here. He was just brilliant, a breath of fresh air to both sides, I think, and showed showed the way. Um, so the new boy gets a uh, gets a shout for me at four. Max, I've gone for Ishan Kishan at four, and I think that's sort of based on the uh, future prospects of youth and uh, IPL performance from last year as much as what we've seen in in this series obviously um sky did play really well on his opportunities okay that's interesting that you've you've included a different selection criteria so i've been quite narrow on this series but yeah uh, i think that will undermine at least one of my other picks um <laughs> i've gone sky so sky gets the deciding vote at four surya kumar yadav i i think had ishan kishan played more matches he mm. may well have been in in my final 11 but well, he only played two um and was excellent in one and you know all right in the other um which brings us on to number five and max it's, it's your turn to go first again and this is where it gets really difficult i think yeah the five six seven region of this team is yeah it's difficult i really struggle with this and uh i'm not sure whether it's inspired or a complete mess so i mean you can be the judge but i've gone for johnny bairstow Okay. Pesto. Talk us through that. Yeah. So here we're thinking. Um, so I've crossed out several things. I've I've crossed out. I crossed. I wrote Morgan out and then crossed that crossed that uh, out immediately. Um, then I've had Stokes in there for some reason and crossed that out because I realised that was. And we've got too many too many left-handers in, so we've got to have oh, some right right right-handed action in there to, <laughs> to balance it out. We're yeah, we're thinking about all the eventualities here. Um, and then yeah, I thought we we could maybe we could we could have gone with uh, Ishan Kishan and Sky, but I think but uh, Bearstow again. I've sort of gone for a, a slightly more of the um, historic, uh, you know, well proven. You need a bit of experience in your side to balance out the, the exuberance of youth. So it's um, it's not not just a, a this 
series. Well, pick, I but from the players in this series, I'll get, present the this series pick then because I think that's yeah. probably Shreya Sire. Um, I think mm-hmm. he batted really well twice for India. Firstly, in the, in the first game where you know he salvaged uh, them a little bit. Um, I mean, you can argue that they were junk runs and that getting India up to 130 or whatever it was didn't really make much difference. I mean, what's the difference between 130 and 100 in a sense? Um, I think England would get either pretty comfortably. Um, And he might have been better off shooting for the moon and trying to get to 160. But, you know, it was a good innings. Uh, Probably possibly saved his place in the side. What I was most impressed by, though, was his performance in the fourth T20 when he came in after... Surya Kumar Yadav was given out uh, after that kind of juggled catch from uh, Milan uh, and and just teed off. Scored 37, I think, a uh, strike rate of over 200. Really pushed India on over 180 and that set up the win. Um, so, you know, historically broke out of that or broke out of that historic stereotype there. So, and, and Ross, I mean, I guess this means you get the deciding vote unless you're going to introduce a wild card option. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that this this is the point where I think England fans would be screaming that Stokes has to be in it. Stokes has to be in it. But actually, Stokes doesn't even make my eleven. No, um, Stokes isn't Stokes isn't in my team either. And uh, spoiler yeah, if, if you if it was based upon kind of your, your the thinking ability around it, I think I quite liked Pandya up the order. So I, I really enjoyed the fact that he was there. But I see where you guys are coming from, and um, the fact that. I I did I actually do think he hit junk runs. I think the sixty odd that he got in that anchor innings was not was in up, the fourth T twenty. No, not no, not in the fourth T twenty. I think that was a good innings, right? But at the same time, you're also basing him. But he was what fourth top run scorer, maybe fifth top run scorer in that because of that sixty that he got. And I just didn't value it as much as the contributions to some other people. So I'm going to side with uh, Johnny Pairstow with Max Rowe Brown on that. Oh, that's that's <laughs> definitely people are definitely going to go. Not going to, they're going to be unhappy with that. I, I think I think Shreyasai is pretty hard done by there. Um, I, maybe what this does show, though, just as a point linking back to the rest of the series, is that neither team's middle order really did that much. In yeah, the, the old engine room. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very much like a, a top order battle. Um, there is there is an argument to be said because Pant I thought actually played reasonably. I hit a couple, he hit a few thirties kind of along the way, and it was pretty unglamorous. But it was yeah. it was still a useful player to have in that bit. I think there was a twenty six or thirteen balls in there as well, wasn't there? And that that's exactly the kind of thing you want at that stage. There was the also year. a twenty one off twenty three. Which is yes, stinking yeah, the place yeah. out a little bit. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I, I can't, I can't in the right mind sit and say that Aya should be the one dropped out of that India team and then put him in the combined eleven of the series. So uh, yeah, okay, that, no, that's fair enough. Me. It's good, it's good reasoning. Um, which brings us to number six. Who are you going with at number six, Ross? Uh, Hardik Pandya is in there for me. I think. Um, He's just he's a he's a good option with the ball. I think he can get better, but I think he proved his adept attitude on here, and he seemed to be in the leadership team of India as well when he was on the field. And I think I quite I quite enjoyed that bit and how much kind of the passion that you see from him, um, as well as his boundary hitting percentage, which I think is uh, is is very very useful to a uh, combined eleven side that will take on the rest of uh, the world. I, I I would agree with that. I've got Hardik at number six of of the people in the middle order who largely failed. So all the sort of six, five, six, seven, eight kind of area on both sides that was was a bit underwhelming and didn't really win a game for either team. Hardik was the one player who sort of did have a good innings with the bat. In the, thinking here in the fifth T Twenty and his bowling, you know, I think his economy was below seven for the series, which is phenomenal um, for and like in quotes fifth bowler. Mm. Um, yeah, I thought it was a no-brainer there. Max? Yeah, that's all three for Hardik. Uh, again, yeah, you've got the bowling option and just so, so much power at that. That As a finisher, um, he's perfect for that team, I think. Right. No. This, this imaginary brilliant <laughs> team that will definitely win the World Cup. <laughs> uh, number seven. Number seven. I've gone Shardul Takur because I think his bowling was good. I don't know if we really saw him bat, did we? I mean, he did hit, he hit maybe a couple of sixes in, in one of the games. Um, but his bowling was good. Uh, crucial crucial wickets at crucial times. Max, number seven. So uh, my pick for number seven has benefited from the uh, much-talked-about uh, absency bias and how good you are when you're not around. And for that reason, it's Moeen Ali. <laughs> <laughs> I like your style, That's Max. That's very clever. Like, that is like very that. clever. Uh, Ross? Um, 
So I think seven's actually really difficult, right? Because if you look at the combined 11 that we're starting with, down to six, we've already got Pandia kind of there. Like We're going in here with a... If if we have a classic England collapse, then we're we're in trouble in this team, and I'm not sure that that Thakur is going to be uh, Thakur Archer and whoever is below him. I'm not sure is making up, but um, if we're going to go with that approach, I'm going to have to back you and say that Thakur was actually impressive. Like he was, um, he was a backup going into this, and I think he's actually proved that he's uh, he's a pretty handy middle middle overs bowling kind of that Liam Plunkett kind of role um and he has seen you have seen him hit, hit a couple of boundaries um i still still so want to say murray nally with max though because <laughs> he do, he do, he, do, he does just seem like the guy who's there who's there to carry the bags and he's just he's just uh, but um he performed well so credit where credit's due um number eight and then i think we'll do probably the last three we'll just say who they are um mm-hmm. because yeah. like, it doesn't really matter where they bat uh number eight I've gone Jofra Archer. Um, would anyone like to argue with that? No. <laughs> Ross? Uh, no, he's a, he's a, he's in there yeah. for me. He had a pretty good series with the ball. Not his best, but all right. And um, hit some sixes in one game. Uh, did, yeah, did nearly, did, nearly did. completed the daylight rob. Well, <laughs> yeah. it was night time, but burglary of the century. Right. Um, and your final three bowlers, Max, you can start. Okay, so uh, I am going Rashid, Boovy and... Well, Mark Wood, but well, I suppose well, Mark Wood would bat at at ten in, or or well, not even ten, probably nine in that. But with the um, proviso that obviously Boomerah would be Matt, uh, Mark Wood when he's back. <laughs> uh, and Ross, um, I've gone with Chaha, Adil Rashid, and Boovy. I was I, I was actually really really impressed with Chaha and uh, the, the way he came in. Like I think when Chaha was dropped. Um, because he was pretty disappointing, I thought Chahar showed that he's got a bit about him, and I thought that his 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 eight ball over when he was bowling wide to Josh Butler was actually critical to India winning um, yesterday. So uh, yeah, that's why he's in my side, and I think Adil Rashid proved again that he's actually a pretty handy bowler, um, even if um, and uh, yeah, even if he doesn't probably deserve an IPL contract. So I've gone with Max here. I've gone Boovy Wood and Adil Rashid. Um... Basically, because I think Wood probably won at least one match for England, more or less by himself. Uh, not Maybe not by himself, but but really like caused big, big problems in a couple of games. In a couple of others, pretty easy to hit. So, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a trade-off there. But, yeah. you know, I like a match winner. So <laughs> oh, I've got but... Wood. That gives us that gives us a complete eleven. Sorry, Ross. I'm okay with that. I'm just looking at that eleven. And I'm just like, I'm not sure that eleven would win on paper. <laughs> Um, well, no, but it's it's a series well, it eleven. Playing, it's a series it? eleven, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's completely arbitrary. <laughs> and as you say, Jadeja comes back into that side. Broomer comes back into that side. Morgan is a better number five than like Bearstow. Uh Well, may, maybe not. Um, but be, you know, there's there's arguments for Morgan on, on, on song. There's arguments for Roy on song. There's lots of arguments you can have about this. <laughs> Let us know in the comments. We've gone with Rohit Sharma, Joss Butler, Virat Kohli, Surya Kumar Yadav. Johnny Bairstow, Hardik Panja, uh, uh, Takur, Shadal Takur, Jofra Archer, Bhuvaneshwar Kumar, Mark Wood, and Adil Rashid. Um, I think it's, it's an all right time. It's an all right team. It's all right. Maybe, yeah. maybe not best ever, but it's an all right team. Um, let's take a quick break, and we shall come back with a little preview of the ODIs. I can't wait to get you to the Gabrash. Tell you what. I can't wait to get you to the Gabarash. I'll tell you what. Woo! Woo! It's four. It's down the ground. It'll be at least one. Saini has got an injury with the groin. It goes as far as the fence. India incredible. Richard Park is the star. India win the test. So that concludes the T20 series. We've had the... The entrees of the tests, uh, a te- five-match test series, the uh, the fish course, that was the uh, five-match T20 series, and now we're into the real meat and drink of the main course, the one that everyone's been waiting for. It's the three-series ODI uh, to bookend the England's tour of India in um, all three matches in Pune. 
And I mean, I, I assume you two are as excited for this uh, as I am. This is really quite, well, it's quite key, isn't it? In the in the terms of the uh, the cricket calendar with uh, an ODI World Cup in several years. And, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what, I can't what wait. a waste of everybody's time. Like the, three more T20s would be far more entertaining than three ODIs. I'm just, I'm just not sure what anyone is getting out of this. So who, who is proving themselves to do anything in the in this three match series? Yeah, I, I, it's kind. Of, it feels like a bit of a contractual obligation, doesn't it? But I mean, they they are there. Uh, it is a form of cricket that will be played. There's not five matches, so obviously. I think there's some sort of understanding that it might not be um, as key as the tests in the T20s, but. Uh, there was only four tests, okay. though. So true, but you know, it's fewer. It's fewer than the others. But yeah, it's happening. So uh, why don't we have a look at what we can expect <laughs> oh. and um, and see who we think is going to win? It's a chance for England to salvage a little bit of uh, pride, I suppose, having lost both of the two series. The tests, obviously, we're not surprised, but we we all thought England might um, be able to. Well, two of us thought England might squeak a win in the T20s, and uh, Jack thought they would romp home. Um, but never mind. He's been. He's he's got. He's gone. Michael Vaughan on that one. I'm absolutely uh, stunned. So... I'm absolutely stunned that India England didn't win in by in India. Uh, yeah. I will, so, yeah, I will so never make a crazy prediction ever again. <laughs> <laughs> the only eyes are here, and England have got a chance to at least leave India with uh, with a series win. Uh, obviously, the world champions, so they'll be uh, looking to maintain their their dominance over the rest of the world. What um, what can we expect to see? Uh, Jack and Ross from um, well, firstly from the from the two squads. Uh, obviously, there's some big news from the England team. Well, let's do England first then, because sort of as you as you kind of hint at there, Max, um, it's actually sort of more interesting to talk about who isn't there from an English perspective than who is. So let's do them first. Um, there will be no Joe Root. There will be no Chris Wokes, and most notably, there will be no Jofra Archer. Now, Root, he. Obviously, captains the t- the test team uh, with the T20s in between. There was no point in him flying all over the world <clears throat> to, um, to to come back for these. Uh, as Ross sort of said, you know, they are the most important matches in the world. Um, I think they may be a bit more important than completely pointless. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, you're not gonna like Joe Root's. Let him have a let him have a nice long holiday before he uh, he gets going again in the in the county season. Uh, Wokes. I mean, can either of you explain what's been going on with Chris Wokes? Uh, I haven't got a clue. There's there's not been much rotation with Chris Wokes, has there? No, he's been <laughs> he's been on the whole tour basically. Um, hasn't played a single game. We finally got to the bit where you'd think, oh, Chris Wokes will play, and England have sent him, <laughs> and he's he's been scheduled to rotate uh, at that point. So. You know, we've talked about the rotation thing. We think it's probably a good idea. Some of the scheduling of that rotation has been ludicrous, questionable. Yeah, this this is probably like another example. Moeen Ali as well. We he he didn't play a single T Twenty game, but we wanted him to play the last two tests. But he was scheduled to yeah. to go for a rest. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and then there's the big boy, Jofra Archer, and this is you know pretty big news and quite possibly. Well, it is. It's the scariest news that you could have heard, probably, if you're a fan of Archer. Basically, he has gone home because of his recurring elbow injury. And I think the way England have been talking about that suggests that this is like a serious concern for Archer and England's plans over the next year uh, as a whole. Um, So Morgan, after the game... Uh, yesterday, he he said this. Uh, he clearly has a progressive injury which has become worse and does need attention. We are going to wait until tonight and tomorrow to see how Joffre has pulled up. It will be over to our medical team to make a decision, and hopefully, the decision uh, Joffre comes to will be the best for us in the long term. Long term. So we know now uh, that day later that things did not get better overnight, uh, and Joffre, in conjunction with the medical team, has decided to go home. The ECB released a statement uh, saying Joffre's elbow has deteriorated over the course of the 2020 International Series uh, and made it increasingly challenging for him to maintain performance levels. Uh, Chris Silverwood, he chimed in as well. It's obviously disappointing for Joffre and for us. He will have every resource we can give him so that we can get to the bottom of what is going on. The important thing here is we get it cleared up, see the specialist and make sure we put everything in place for Joffre to have a long, successful international career for England in, in all formats. Now, I, what, like reading between the lines a little bit here, 
it sounds like they don't really know what the problem is, and it sounds mm. like it could be pretty serious. If they're if they're talking about Joffre Archer's long term ambitions in in different formats of the game, uh, and indeed sort of his international career in general, um, from Chris Silverwood, I think there might be a big problem there. Don't you think, Max? Yeah, well, I think um, if they don't know what it is, that's the that's the concern, isn't it? I mean, um, if you if you've got pain but you know what it is and it's manageable, then that's one thing. But when you don't know what it is, there's always the problem that it could be something chronic or something uh, debilitating. You know, we've seen players like uh, Tymor Mills, who was looked really promising, burst onto the scene and then was basically unable to bowl more than four overs because of his back and and never really managed to push into playing for England. I'm not suggesting for a minute it could be as bad as that, but that's the kind of thing that you worry about, isn't it? When you when you don't know what the problem is, but uh, fingers crossed, they'll just find that there's some sort of weird weird muscle thing, bit of physio, and we will be back good as good as new. Indeed, um, it obviously it means he's not going to be playing in the in the ODIs. The big news, or the bigger news, uh, possibly for our Indian listeners, is that top sources are saying that he's likely to opt out of the entire IPL following this three-match ODI series. So, um, at least in the short term, it's unlikely we'll be seeing Joffre Archer. As Max says, you know, hopefully this resolves itself. Um, I, I wondered, I mean, like, obviously I know nothing about this, but it sounded like, that's at some points, like it's it's sort of a tennis elbow type injury. Yeah. Um, and I, I do, I, I understand that sort of a long period of rest can can help if, if it is. Um yeah. Either way, let's let's sort of hope for the best on that one. Yeah, I think we can confirm that Rajasthan Royals will be finishing eighth in the IPL. And it's a this big, year. big loss. For them. It's a big loss for England as well. I mean, England's whole bowling strategy for the T20 World Cup and into the Ashes is to to hope that Joffrey Archer does the business. Like it's <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's the Rajasthan Royals approach to cricket. It's like we've got one yeah. really good guy, and uh, yeah. Um, let's talk about who is there then. Um, England will be fielding nine of the 14 guys who were in the 2019 World Cup squad. Um, that does mean we'll be seeing Bairstow and Roy opening the batting. Uh, we'll get to see Stokes, Morgan and Butler in the middle order. And I imagine we'll see a fair amount of Mark Wood, um, Adil Rashid and Moeen Ali probably will actually play, don't you think, Ross? Uh, I bloody hope so. <laughs> what an absolute... Cluster. Oh, I can't swear on this. Okay, what well, like, a complete and a disaster! England's rotation policy has been for Moeen Ali. Like the guy is like the stats-wise, Moeen. You might not like Moeen Ali, um, but as a T20 player, a limited over player, he is a good asset to have. I think um, England went with a different strategy in the T20 in the 50 over World Cup. Um, but there is a bit where we need some other spinners. That England can't just continue to assume that Adil Rashid's going to be absolutely fine when he's nursing a shoulder injury, right? That's the reason he's not playing test cricket is because his shoulder isn't up to doing it. So there needs to be another plan. Matt Parkinson has been drafted into the side. Are we going to finally see Matt Parkinson? I mean, what does he look like? Who knows? Does anybody know what Matt <laughs> Parkinson looks like? Um, but I think it's, a, um, it's an interesting series, this, for England, because one... Yes, it, uh, it's, it's the the it's the bookend of of a very long tour, which um, they've kind of taken a bit of a hit on um, in the test matches and did okay in the um, T Twenty series. Um, will will there still be the fight and still be the hunger to win these games, or should it be the opportunity for the likes of Liam Livingston, Reese Topley, Sam Billings to actually have a proper opportunity? Well, we've got those. There's the Curran brothers as well. Are you excited, Max, to see any of those five or six players? Uh, I would really like to see Matt Parkinson play because I mean his his uh, his domestic record's pretty good and um, you know he's like 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 Ross said Adil Rashid's uh, shoulder isn't um, particularly secure I don't know what, whether that's the right <laughs> way yeah, his, his um, arm's gonna come off any moment but um, yeah I I Reese Topley actually um, he's you know he's struggled with injury a lot but he's um, got himself back into fitness. Um, I think he uh, moved moved to Surrey and has got uh, got a bit of um, got a bit of form going. Bit so of Maxwell Brown funding left- behind him as well. <laughs> yeah, but so uh, but I mean we the, people talk often, don't they, about the, the left arm option and having having that angle. So I think he could. I'd be quite um, interested to see him get a go and see how he does because I mean Sam Curran's played quite a lot of cricket. We know all about Sam Curran, so he doesn't necessarily need to play every game. And um, and yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Liam Livingston as well, another man who's always on the fringes but doesn't seem to play a huge amount and um, has yeah quite a good uh, does quite well in the big bash. That doesn't necessarily translate that well to ODI uh, cricket, but certainly always up for seeing some new uh, new talent in the England team. Well, that is the thing, especially when it doesn't really matter. Well, that is the thing, isn't it, for England? Um, because we know. We don't know that much about a lot of these players. As people who follow English cricket, we do a podcast on cricket. The reality is that because of the way cricket is broadcast in this country, we don't get to see an awful lot of the domestic scene. I mean, Max, you've got a season ticket at Surrey, so you've seen one of the teams a lot, and you probably get a little bit of rotation of some of the others as well. But there's not an awful lot. I mean, they they don't broadcast all of the 50 overs, or all of the 50 over cup, or or they they, 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 They don't even broadcast all of the blasts. Exactly. Um, So unlike for India, so when, you know, when Surya Kumar Yadav and Ishan Kishan came in for India, we probably see, we've seen uh, I don't know, 20 innings of both of those. We know all about them, even as as as, as fans of England, I suppose. Um, there's there's nothing, there's interesting stuff. You want to see how the, the, the step up. But it's not as much of an unknown as it is with England players. And I think probably the step up, as, as Ross, you were saying earlier in the show, the step up between the IPL and, and, and international cricket is a lot smaller, if not about the same, as it is from county cricket to international cr- cricket, which is a big difference. So, I, I, you know, I, I think for England, if you're an England fan here, you, you've got to want to see some of these other guys playing um, because we do need some answers. We need some answers about whether these guys can cut the mustard um and i think england have got to learn a lot to learn um i also think that this series probably marks in a sense the beginning of the next 50 over cycle from an english perspective so i think up until now the matches after the 2019 world cup have been virtually meaningless but the 2023 world cup is in india um we've got two t20 world cups in between after which I would expect to see some retirements or some poor performance or people maybe reorienting their careers to focus on the test game and some white ball spots opening up. So the the, the, the fringe guys at the moment, they will need to compete or that they will need to start showing what they can do in series like this to break into that squad as it starts to settle again in maybe a year or or two years' time in the run-up to that that India series. So, you know, this is the starting gun. There's there's quite a lot to to, to look at. Um, As sort of you've both said, I I, I do wonder whether England will be a little bit tired at the end of a pretty long and punishing touring schedule that started way back in January in Sri Lanka. Uh, So I'm not too optimistic from an English perspective. It's it's pretty baffling that Ben Stokes is playing. If I'm perfectly honest. Well, you say that. He hasn't played since the 2019 World Cup. And I, I think this is, in terms of starting guns going, I think mm. Stokes coming back into the side, I mean, possibly even with a view to being the captain when when that World Cup comes round, um, is interesting. Uh, anyway, you know, I've talked about England for flipping ages there. Ross, <laughs> India. Yeah, um, so India started off uh, the T20 series with their ODI side, right? So um, it's, we, we know we know all about it. So uh, the uh, the additions into this is Shrub and Gill, who had a good series in Australia, um, struggled, I think it's fair to say, in the test matches against England. Um, and Jack, you talked about there being kind of that new starting gun for um, England. I'm not entirely convinced that's how India are treating this they yes they've got Natarajan in the side Siraj is also there but they're almost kind of known quantities I think a little bit now they're, they're kind of part of that squad we, we expect to see them in that side which is which is a good thing um, but they've still drafted back in Coldeep Yadav who we've seen plenty of in the kind of World Cup um, Kale Rahul might well be given some more opportunities to find that bit of form and ODI cricket might well be the platform for him to do that and he could have the opportunity to, to impress um i think um they've got that top order kind of Kohli's in there rohit sharma shikha darwan kale rahul gill um shreyas ayers in there as well sky so they've there's still so much talent within this odi side um and i think that they are probably taking this very very seriously um i think the the opportunity to beat england across all formats is probably is it's great for any country to do it, especially India over England, to kind of be just like, we are pretty good, aren't we? We are pretty good. <laughs> um, but I think um, there's a couple of people who I'm really excited to see. And um, Sky, 
if he can translate his skills into ODI cricket, will be interesting to see. Um, I think Charhal is, again, he's a bowler who impressed in the IPL, but England kind of got used to him. And he didn't have that much of an impact when it came to um, the T20 games. So uh, it'd be interesting to see him. Um, but other than that, you've got um, Prash... Prashid Krishna, who's come in. I think I've said that correctly. If I haven't said that correctly, I'm going to apologise now rather than take in a little stick <laughs> in the uh, YouTube comments. Um, but he's a pace bowler who's impressed within the uh, Vijay Hazar trophy. So um, that is a strong side. Um, and I think, I still think they... W- this should be the opportunity to showcase even more Indian talent. And I'm just a little bit concerned here that they've not done that. Like, is Shikhar Darwan really going to be around for the next 2023 World Cup? I don't, think there's a don't. reasonable chance. I, I actually think this is. I think India are have play are playing their best side, less Bumrah and Jadeja, who are obviously not being rested. They're just unavailable for for two different reasons. Yeah. I Shami's not there as well. Who typically? You, you yeah, know, that that is that is fair enough. Yeah. Um. I I think I think this is roughly where India will shake out for the 2023 World Cup. Um. As you sort of say, I mean, like Darwan, Rohit Sharma, they're not young men. No. Um, so will they necessarily make it? I, I, you know, I'm not a hundred percent. Rohit doesn't strike me as the kind of person who would be held back hugely by aging a little bit in the way he plays the game. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it, it happens differently to different people, doesn't it? Age. Um, but I think India will want him to be there. I think they'll, they'll see him like that. If you, if you look at, if you're managing the India side and you're looking at career trajectories, I think you're probably marking that World Cup as maybe the summit or the end of the line for players like Darwin mm. and, and players like uh, Rohit Sharma. Um, and that, that is why someone like Shrubman Gill is in that uh, in that squad, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's the he's the he's either the replacement if if things start to ebb away slightly quicker than those two would like, or. He is there to kind of be the understudy to learn and then to take on the mantle moving mm. forward. Pretty scary proposition for the rest of the world. Shubman Gill is quite good at cricket, um, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm I mean, I'm looking at that side and I think um, that is going to be a real challenge um, for England in it, in this three match series. There there is one surprise omission for me, and I think um, and I can't believe I'm going to say that he had a torrid IPL and a torrid tour of. Australia, but Privdi Shaw has actually come out swinging in the Vijay Hazar Trophy and has hit a bunch of runs. And there is a bit where, how how much value do you place on certain domestic competitions? And someone like Padakow, someone like Shaw, that might have been a good opportunity to have them in and around the squad. But Jack, you might well be right saying that um, having Gill and Tres Iyer and Sky is is enough. That, that there's enough spaces. For, well, there's, only, there's only a limited amount of spaces for them to actually occupy um, if they're going to try and learn. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I I quite like this India side. Um, I think I think it is good. Uh, Max, have you got anything to add? Uh, no, I I agree with you, Jack, on the sort of makeup of the side. I think it's a good it's a good blend there, really, of um, some of the more experienced and the younger players. And uh, yeah, yeah, we have seen a bit of Siraj and Sundar and Tucker and and those those likes, but they are still new to to the team. Mm-hmm. So you you can't be going in and and ripping up the entire blueprint to try and squeeze in some some others and and see how they do and ultimately there is a there's a series to be won here and there is pressure to to win these games when you're you know uh, you've got a home series and you've you've got England in town you've got to you've got to beat them and I think it's a a, str- a team that's set up well to do that I think England probably um, shade it on the batting given that most of their team from that World Cup win uh, is is there but on the bowling side I th- I think um, India would probably probably look the stronger with the the lack of um the likes of archer mm-hmm. um i don't know about that batting point in, in india no mm, yeah I, I, maybe not in india I, maybe I, not I, india I, I mean in if you take if you take india out of it i think uh on paper england would have the stronger possibly, stronger lineup possibly but, but even then like any you're, you're turning into an india fan max in, in no. our in our comments that's what you're doing you're you're <laughs> going our, our 2019 world cup winning status is gonna we're gonna continue. It's not that. It's, it's not fluke. that long ago, is it? Um, it isn't that long ago, but it's not like 2016. <laughs> but I do think you know. I I think any side, any ODI side with Coley in it is gonna be good. Um, just just through his what's, presence. What's, what's his um, average? About 80. 
about yeah, I think it's yeah. four hundred, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it? I mean, like as much as we knock in for T Twenty cricket, and we're only, we won't, we only kind of do that as a, a little bit of a joke. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if we do do it as a joke. I don't backtrack now. Right, let's take Coley as a player because uh, this is quite an interesting case study uh, about cross-format batting. In Test cricket, he's one of the big four. He's not Steve Smith, but he's in the in the top four, isn't he? Um, in T20 cricket, because of the style he plays, I don't think he'll ever be as impactful as uh, some of the guys who can really properly hit the ball really um, yeah it. or even the people who he kind of aspires to be i guess or the players that he could could in theory be ab de villiers like i think ab de villiers is a much better t20 cricketer than coley that doesn't mean he's rubbish he's maybe the best of the anchors that he might be in the top 20 t20 batters or something like that but i don't think you can put him in that elite category in odi cricket he's playing a different ball game he's far out of sight like he's the best by miles um, and I think that's where, like this, because it's the white ball. That's where this reputation has really been built, and and why everyone's so scared of him or or thinks he's so good, and and, and rightly so. He is fantastic. Um, but then you throw in Sharma on top of that. Um, you throw in like Hardik Pandya. I mean, he was destroying Australia for fun. Uh, Rishabh Pant. Not. Quite, I don't know if you'd say he's he's fully established himself as a white ball international player, but you've got to think it will happen soon. Don't you? Shreya Sire carrying around a good average. Uh, there's definitely room for a couple of Kohli type batters in, in, a, in, a, in most ODI sides. And I, I think he's a really good one. Um, and, you know, he's probably coming to the peak of his career. Morgan, Jason Roy, maybe tailing off, going going the other way. Uh, you also you take Root out of the England side. I think that makes yeah. that, that batting lineup a bit weaker. Anyway, that's, you know, there's, there's I, I think this India side is really good uh, on paper. Um, should we make some yeah. predictions? Sure, Max. Um, let's let's just say top run scorer, top wicket taker, and um, the other one. Well, the score, the final scoreline. <laughs> the final scoreline. We'll start. I'll start with the the scoreline. I think it will be two one to India. I think um, I will go for a very bland prediction of Virat Kohli to be the top run scorer, <laughs> and to counteract that, I'll try and go for a slightly less bland uh, pick for top wicket taker, and I will go with Mohammed Siraj. Oh, I don't even know if he'll play. Um, <laughs> that, that is that's certainly left field <laughs> Ross um, same questions um, yeah I think England are, uh, they've taken a B team to this so and I, th- I think India are actually going to be a bit too strong I think we'll be lucky to win one game so I'll say 3-0 India Oof. well that puts uh, you want to say top run score or top wicket taker um, so I think uh, I'm not re- again we're not sure who is going to play out of out of those I think um, I've been really impressed with Boovy and uh, it'd be kind of great to see him do well um, but I would, England England wise I'll, I'll back Adil Rashid because Adil Rashid is always the guy who bowls his full 10 he, he's always going to play um, so it'll be Adil Rashid for me and I still think he'll do that and I think run wise um, to keep it interesting oh, Johnny Bairstow Oh, Pesto. Oh, you know, it could happen. He's great against spin, isn't he? Um, yeah. So, mm. <laughs> as he's proven for, for so long now. Uh, Akshar Patel's not playing, mate. He's going to be fine. I think England are going to surprise everyone uh, and win 3 0. Virat Kohli's going to retire uh, in embarrassment. Moeen Ali's going to be top run scorer and top wicket taker. Yeah, no, um, I, I think India will, will win 3 0. Uh, I think. I think Rohit Sharma will be top run scorer, but I'm going to back Kohli to end his century streak, his drought. Um, I think I think he's he's due one, and uh, ODI is, is is you know he's king, game. he's king in that domain. Um, and wickets, I mean, it, it's a complete lottery, isn't it? Um, I, I, do you know what? Actually, I'm going to change mine. Two one. Mark, It'll be two one. I'm not going to go. Th- I'm not going to go full three nil. I've just relooked at the England side. I think we'll 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 we'll, we'll have one game where we win. Two one right, India. Uh, Okay, I will say uh, if India are going to win 3 0, it's got to be an Indian to take loads of wickets, hasn't it? Um, Hardik P- Panja. <laughs> I phoned that in, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're finishing with a flourish here, not just, oh, may- maybe well, I him. Said he was good. I said he was good in the T20, so <laughs> let's just uh, let's stick with that. I'm, I'm surprised that given Joe Root's not there, that David Milan hasn't uh, made it into the full England squad. England squad's quite yeah. small. I think well. I think that's because they don't think he'll make it to twenty twenty three. I did I did I did wonder that. Yeah. But yeah. Oh no! I, you know, I'll pick a spinner. Whichever Indian spinner plays the most, Washington Sundar maybe, 
Chahal could do it. Someone who's one of the Indian spinners will, will be the wicket taker. Anyway, I think that's enough cricket chat for for today. We'll be back Tuesday evening, I guess, for um, a recap of the first ODI. Ross, let our listeners know some things, and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, uh, please like and subscribe uh, this video if you have watched it, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Cricket Pod, uh, and leave us a review if you're listening on a podcast platform. Um, as always, leave comments. Let's start that chat, and uh, you can uh, laugh at Jack's three um, 0 in England prediction uh, if you really want to. <laughs> All right, uh, thanks very much for listening. Uh, goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.